0: Coming up next on The Jeff Crilley Show, he is a living legend. He spent 40 plus years in fitness. Now he is reinventing himself. He's going from fitness to finance. The great Larry North is in the studio. You'll meet him next. I got to Dallas in 92 and Larry North was already a legend. I would bump into him in the hallways of channel four back in the early nineties. And of course have followed his career uh, ever since. And now he is reinventing
1: himself. Uh, Larry North in studio Satori Capital. Thanks for coming on the show. It's my pleasure, Jeff. You know, the the word legend seems like I think of Michael Jordan. I think of Tom (laughs) Tom Brady. I don't sort of put myself in that category, but if if you're gonna put me there, I'll I'll, I'll graciously accept it. Wow. Well, I know, I just kind of like this is your life,
0: Larry North. Um, tell us about the early days of building the Larry North brand.
1: Well, I, we, it's, 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 we probably don't have the whole time to do that, but I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. So basically, uh, God, I have to almost start from from an earlier place before I even ended up in Dallas. Long story short, my, my mom, my brothers who were five at the time, I was about to turn 16. We were needing to start a new life. My, my dad had his, his problems in terms of in and out of prison, compulsive gambler, and was definitely creating a very toxic life for, for my family. And we knew that we needed to make a move and, and get away from that life. So in New York, we, we, we sort of escaped. And we went all the way to Las Vegas because my dad was banned from Vegas in 1978. Wow. So we felt safe. But then when we got there, my mom didn't feel safe. She didn't want to raise her children in what she called her father's temple, my father's temple. So we backtracked to head to Houston, Texas. And anyone familiar with North Texas, you know that there's central expressway. They call it I-75 and then you get through Richardson, there's Spring Valley. And there's a Beltline where our car. Imploded at oh. spring Valley and central. We never made it to Houston and we never left Dallas. We just stayed We just sort of anchored in this is where we were meant to be supposed to be and we ended up in Richardson My mother who's about to be 90 is still in Richardson still independent and basically I at the time I think Dallas if you were ambitious and you had vision and you were willing to work. And I always said, yeah, I knew I wasn't going to be the smartest in the room. I was probably not going to be in the, the top half of the smartest in the room, but none of them are going to outwork me. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, they can outthink me, but they cannot work me. And my work ethic was so strong even through high school and out of high school. And then I just found an aptitude. I found something that I, I thought I could do well. And what it was is to be able to inspire people. It was a gift that was given to me by the gracious of God. And once I figured out I can inspire people, I chose to inspire people through weight reduction, which a lot of people suffered with. and I wasn't shy. I mean, next thing I know, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on doors. I'm making calls. Did you know that I bet I'm the first person that ever had a general manager from a PBS station of a major city call them and say, quit calling our front desk. We're not doing a show with you. <laughs> Said So stop, like stop harassing. I wasn't harassing, but on my, my dial was, oh, I need to call PBS and see if they'll do my show. They made a mistake because I found a large infomercial company that chose to do the show and it became a one. Of the most successful weight loss infomercial shows in the '90s, going international.
0: Yes. Okay. And and me coming to Dallas, obviously, Larry North is a household name in Dallas-Fort Worth and around the country
1: at that point. Um, how many locations did you have? Yeah, I, my gyms. I, I did gyms. My first gym was in the Highland Park Village, which is extremely prestigious. Yes. A shopping center to this day almost like the beverly hills of the southwest yes i just got i ended up doing a gym there and that was my first and the gyms became an anchor became a place where people could come i could start a business and i started that business in my 20s i signed a lease and I had no money in my bank. And I signed the lease. They never asked. They never asked for a business plan. They ever. They didn't ask for a credit check. I just said, all right, I'll sign the lease. And I did. Now I have to figure out, what, how am I going to do this? Well, 33 years in business, I ended up doing Houston, South Beach, uh, gosh, Fort Worth, Westlake, Southlake, Rockwall. Uh, Dallas North Dallas so yeah, I think no that's 678910 gyms okay altogether. we
0: we've got some some video i guess i think this was shot about 10 years ago or so but as we roll this um, and you look back on your your fitness career you climb to the top of the fitness career so reinventing yourself—that was probably something
1: that you didn't take lightly. Uh, are you talking about reinventing in terms of going to a different career? Yeah, it was an accident, a complete accident. I, I, I love fitness; it was you know, my passion for a long time. I felt I did every single component that you could. I wrote best-selling books. I did infomercials. I did a TV show. I did radio for years. I did gyms. There wasn't a whole lot left to do or to prove. And one of uh, this this amazing company called Satori Capital, I knew the founder since he was young. And he called and asked if I would help them with their optimal living. Well, sure. I have a lot of material. So, like, my presentation for that isn't just an hour. Like, you have to give me a whole half day, maybe a whole day. Sure. And in between each segment of information, my wife, Brenda, who you met recently, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did a guided meditation to sort of sink in that information. It just it turned out really well. And next thing I know, they're saying, hey, can we commission you and your wife to come once a month to each office, Dallas and Fort Worth, which I did. Then I started making some introductions. I like, I, I, I was paying attention. I listened. To this platform, I, I mean, I count reps, I don't do investments. Like I don't I don't I don't manage your money, and nor would I want to, but I, I didn't manage my own money. So I always had someone else do that. And one thing led to another. I introduced my brother to the firm, my brother did invest. Next thing I know, we're investing. And next thing I know, some of those introductions turned to be extraordinarily meaningful. Then I started to understand private equity as a business owner. So, uh, most people, not, yeah, I would say most people that get into private equity, master's degrees from major universities and business degrees, but not necessarily in business. Mm. So, having been in business for so long, plus being in Dallas, being in Highland Park, I could list a a host of high-level, extraordinarily well-known, respected, multi-billionaire businesses of leaders, both men and women, that influenced me. Mm. So, So I felt like, wow, finding companies to buy would really suit me really well. And I've been successful with finding uh, uh, some brilliant companies uh, for Satori and been able to bring on uh, investors that I feel are meaningful. It's not about the money. It's about the people. It's about how we can impact. And as I think you went onto their website and saw their commitment to conscious capitalism. And uh, it's a big deal. And I want to pull up the website. And as we scroll
0: down the website, let's talk about conscious capitalism and what that means to you. So when, when, People hear that word, oh, actually, this is the article that talks about you making the transition. That was a yeah. Fort Worth Business Press. Uh, but as we talk about Victory Capital,
1: what is it that sets them apart from others? There's a lot. Uh, one is just mentioning how a lot of people in private equity, they can look at P&Ls. They can understand how to evaluate business, but every single partner at Satori, and I think there's five or six now, have owned at least one business and sold at least one business. They're operators. The biggest distinction on the private equity side is most funds. So how private equity works is people raise money and then they have a fund. So it could be seven years, 10 years. They get institutional capital. They get uh, wealthy family offices. They get it from a variety of places. But Satori's fund is evergreen it's forever mm. it's basically it's almost a 100 year old fund meaning we don't buy to flip we buy to build. Yes. We, we buy to be your partner, to help you build what you, your dream and keep the key people that, that help you get to the place that why we're even talking to you in the first place. Right. That, to me, is a huge difference is, of wanting to maintain their culture and wanting to take something that, that, that they've been able to bring to, let's say, 50 million and bring it to 100 million, maybe bring it to 150 million. And it's fun. It's, for me, it's fun because I'm impacting lives in a much different way. Because think about I'll give you an example. And we look for people to invest in that also have the same philosophies. So, this one company called Formulife, which is a manu- uh, supplement manufacturing company, I, I felt so good about these guys, so did Satori, so did they feel good about us. The CEO, what's he do the first day that his money's funded to him and he becomes a multimillionaire? He's paying off all these people's mortgages. Oh, wow. Paying off all these people's mortgages. He didn't pay off his own mortgage yet. He's paying off their mortgages. That's amazing. To me, that's conscious capitalist. That's taking care of, doing the right thing. Yes. You know, like, it, like almost, you could almost break it down to common sense. Like, it doesn't have to be about greed because greed in today's world, I don't think works. I really don't. I don't think it, it, it just, even, even the way you manage people has to be different than you manage people in the Industrial Revolution or you managed them in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Yes. We found a great overview video let's go ahead and roll
2: that so i'm in mountain phase of ranger school sitting at the bottom of the tennessee valley divide cold and shivering and hungry in a goat shed i happen to look over to my left some other anonymous ranger scrawled words into the wood that i know i will never forget remember who you are there is no finish line So Randy Eisen, the co-founder of Satori and I had been working on this idea around an investment firm that could be more conscious for many years. And so with a great sense of timing, we decided to launch that in 2008, the world is absolutely melting down around us and we're standing up and saying there must be a better way. Randy and I were on the top floor of some beautiful office tower and I don't actually remember what town, I just remember this moment of you know the deep shag carpet and the last surviving member of some tree that they cut down to make the conference table. This is a funds placement company. So their job was, we'll bring you all the capital you need. They said, all you have to do is abandon conscious capitalism and all your dreams will come true. We're ready. Just don't ever talk about that again. And those are the moments where you actually get to figure out what do you care about? What really matters? And We said, no, we have built this firm to do something very specific in the world and it will take as long as it takes. And we will do what we have to do and we will go together. Our purpose is to create, fund and inspire businesses that elevate humanity. So here's why investors are important in a more enlightened world. If your investor is long-term, and mission aligned and purpose aligned and understands business, then that investor is supporting the company to be a better version of itself. If on the other hand, that investor only cares about short-term results, it's very difficult as a CEO and as a leadership team to do things that are more conscious. When you go talk to the professional investors, their first question and their biggest objection is, but when will we sell the company? And our point is, that's actually the wrong question to ask. The right question is, how do we create the most value for the most people? Because it turns out, if you do that, the economic pieces work out. We get to live in this wonderful world where things that feel the best also work the best, not just day to day, but over the long term. So if you're an investor, you want to see this happen because you get better returns. If you're a leader, you want to see this happen because you get better outcomes. If you're an employee, you want to see this happen because you work in a better place. And if you're a customer, you want to see this happen because you'll have a partnership with a company, not a transaction. Because we stayed true to our purpose. We didn't have to go alone. It's now almost a decade later. We're surrounded by thousands of aligned people and the money We have almost a billion dollars of trust and faith and confidence from our fellow CEOs and families. These people are our partners, not because they'll tolerate our crazy conscious capitalism, but because they'll live it. We've had to get okay with, this is actually life's work. It could take us the next 40 years for most of the investment community to start to care about the things that we care about. And because we're connected to our purpose, That's okay.
0: Wow. What an an incredible company you're with. Thank you.
1: Let's talk about your values. How have they changed over the years? Well, they've changed tremendously. And I, I I would hope that most people's change, you know, when you're young and you're ambitious and you have drive and you have hustle and you wake up in the four o'clock hour to work out in the five o'clock hour and you go home in the seven o'clock hour and that's on Sundays, (laughs) you know, like you just, you just are driven. And so my values were based around success on my version of success. Well, now I look back and I'm like, those values don't have a whole lot of meaning for me anymore. Uh, I see where they would for others, but I'm looking at compassion, humility, love, forgiveness, joy, gratitude. And ultimately, I think we all really want the same thing, and that's happiness. Wow. So that's what drives me, is is that's what fulfills me. That's what, 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 what wakes me up in the morning is, is what's in my heart. And uh, I, I just feel very grateful, very fortunate that I've had a, a good life and continuing to have a good life. Wow. Mar- that's a great way to end this show. We're also
0: going to leave with the website, which is satoricapital.com. Uh, the great Larry North. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> that's it for now. We'll see you next time.